Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, and blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shit. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 77 of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available as always on iTunes. Subscribe, won't you? Make a comment, won't you? Rate it. They, I think that they work on the five star system. I don't like the five star system. I think I work on the uh, on the scale of one to ten system a little bit better. No, I like the five star system. Either way, that's what the iTunes does. So go in there and rate it, won't you? Seated to my immediate right as he always is, ready to break things down from NFL.com and the NFL Network. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Sure being thing. This is an exciting day here in Studio Sixty Six. Why so? In a matter of moments. Mm-hmm. One Mr. Santonio Holmes. Oh, wow. Super Bowl champion, could have been even Super Bowl MVP. Made one of the great plays in Super Bowl history. Maybe the greatest play in Super Bowl history when he caught that touchdown pass with, what, 34 seconds left yeah. against the Arizona Cardinals? Well, what how about is, that? Wait, how, is, how, is, how would that rate ahead of uh, John Taylor's touchdown reception? Oh. Are they the same? No. Much better to Wait, play by because it was the Steelers. No, absolutely not. No, that's a, because so if you a, brought a 49ers fan in here, he would be like, "Oh no, Santonio Holmes' was catch was Plexico's, way better." Was Plexico's touchdown the season before against the Patriots? Oh, was you that know a what? Superior that, play? No, that might a, have been. Yeah. Oh, stop it! They, they, that but, broke this. The Patriot. You guys beat the nine and seven Cardinals. Congratulations for your sixth Super Bowl title. That's not the point. The point is, what is the most spectacular play in Super Bowl history? I mean, what's what, what's the that's great... better than Lynn Swan's catch? Then, if you're talking about given mere the moment, theatrics, yeah. yeah, given the moment, certainly. I don't think there's much much debate there from anybody that Santonio's San uh, tiptoeing on the sideline in the end zone was, you know, was a better play, was a bigger play, obviously, than San, than Lynn Swan's juggling catch in Super Bowl ten. I would say. The uh, same game, as a matter of fact, James Harrison scoring a 100-yard touchdown <laughs> running about as fast as I run, which isn't very. Not fast. How, how does nobody – where was Larry That Fitzgerald? would have to be in the top five Super oh, Bowl plays ever, right? Yeah, that was a bigger play. That was uh, – yeah, as much as the the Cardinals' defense folded at the uh, at the end of that drive there, the, the, the fact that they just would have pushed James Harrison out of bounds, or even better if they went on and scored that play, I mean – yeah, we're talking about we're talking about Kurt Warner with two Super Bowl rings, automatic Hall of Famer. I think there'll be some debate when he comes up. I think he should be in, but they'll be his detractors. So, I think people might say, "I'm just trying. I'm I'm doing this off the top of my head." Drop me a drop me a line at Damashek or Rank at Adam Rank. 
I, this is a, a good list. I'm sure people must have done this, the biggest plays in Super Bowl history, mm-hmm. but I bet you somebody might say Sean Payton's onside kick in terms of what it did to the That's shape of the one, game. Yeah. Hmm. All right, I'll, I'll think about it. How about, well, I mean, easy What about Vinatieri's kick against the St. Louis FC? Sure, sure. Against uh, against the uh, the Rams. They're called the Rams, right? What? No, they're not. Yeah, see, Adam doesn't like to acknowledge the existence of the St. Louis Rams because he grew up in L.A. Rams. Don't exist? You know, but San Antonio will be in here in one second. You know, I just want to say very quickly, this really upsets me. I'm worried about myself. I leave the house each day. And there are only three items I need. Keys. There's like the, the holy triumvirate of, of must-have as I go out into the world items. Keys, mm-hmm. wallet, mm-hmm. cell phone. Given that that's the case, well, aside from clothing, you understand. I mean, it's given that I'm dressed. I'm not right. I'm not so scattered-brained that like, I'd oh walk my God, out of I the house nude. Shoes. Oh, I, oh, my God, I'm nude. I forgot. I'm driving, I I get into work. That could happen more easily in Los Angeles, though, than in Chicago. Like in the winter in Chicago or somewhere like that, you'd notice immediately, oh, yeah, I forgot something. Clothing. You know, but (laughs) here, it's temperate. But either way, it's remarkable that those are the only three things that I must have, how regularly I forget at least one of them. And if that's not troubling enough... If I if I didn't feel I needed to go and speak with somebody and have a brain scan of some sort done, then what happened to me this morning um, cinches it. I uh, I brewed a giant pot of coffee. I left it alone. I went back to uh, to fill up uh, my cup with some Joe to start my day, and I realized, oh yeah, you didn't put the pot into the coffee maker, oh, so geez. coffee was everywhere around the kitchen, all <laughs> over the counter and floor and everything else. Troubling. <laughs> Troubling. Not a good start. No. But I'll tell you what. Has, Why didn't you go back to bed? Just say, you know what? I know this isn't going to be a good Antonio start. Because Antonio was on his way. Oh, okay. And things are looking up already. So the so the breakfast portion of my uh, of my consumption didn't go well today. But it's on the rise because Adam Rank brought in pumpernickel pretzels. Oh, it's a it's a fantastic find. We'll have to see if Santonio is interested in that. I, I like that. We should have. We should put out snacks for our guests. Yeah, that makes us more nice welcome. Start, makes yeah. us nice hosts here mm-hmm. in Studio 66. He's going to remember the pumpernickel pretzels, I bet. Quickly, uh, I also want to say uh, a, a shout-out to uh, one of the esteemed citizens in the Czech Republic, Songsmith and Beyond, uh, Jeremy Lane. Good enough to... As he, every year, this character, he drops me in the mail bottles of delicious mustard and barbecue sauce this year he sent me another a couple of uh delicious nice mustard kind of like things to barbecue with uh, mm-hmm. so kudos to him i'm not gonna guess what you want to send me gifts i'm gonna take them and i appreciate it and i shall say thank you all right look rank look who's coming through the door now <laughs> show him the way in here there black tie santonio holmes oh look at him Handsome devil. I'm very excited. A you little are. bit nervous. Well, oh, listen, yeah. he's a little. He, he he thrilled me. He gave me my greatest thrill of the last mm-hmm. decade as a as a football fan when he caught that uh, touchdown pass against the Cardinals in the waning seconds. There didn't that propel you to uh, buy a jersey? No, I, I I did. I always fancied. I always think it looked cool. The black jersey with mm-hmm. just the gold. The 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 alternate Steeler jersey. Right. I just think that looked good. The ten. He's yeah. a cool number for a wide receiver. And then Holmes is a cool last name. Oh, yeah. So the whole kind. And then, of course, his significance to that Super Bowl title. But then again, now I'd have a, a jersey for a New York Jet. And that wouldn't look good. Let's ask him about it. It's Antonio Holmes. What's happening, man? Oh, I'm great, man. I'm great. Uh, it's definitely an honor to be here with you guys right now. Oh, great. Well, where, where do you rank this among the honors you've had <laughs> as a professional football player getting uh, to meet with me and rank here in Studio 66? Probably, uh, since I'm not on TV, uh, I'll give it a probably a... Around, around eight, nine. Okay. That's good. No, yeah. I'll take that. Okay. Well, here. It does, we're about to have a lot of fun, though. It doesn't oh, yeah. stop. Looking forward to that. Well, I'm looking forward to it. More importantly, more practically, have put a little something in your belly. Rank has oh, yeah, these not pretzels, but they're pumpernickel. Pumpernickel pretzels, yeah. It, pump, pump, I can't even pronounce that. Pump, pumpernickel. <laughs> All right, we're about to try one of these. What's out your favorite now? kind of bread? See, uh, I'm a wheat bread guy, man. A wheat bread. Yeah. Okay. What do you think of seven grain? Seven grain. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I like seven grain. Twelve grain? Too much, too many grains. How about it's ten? cloying. How about ten? It's perfect. I get, well, are we? Are we? Does it have the sunflower seed in it? Maybe. I don't like that. That's that's what I'm talking about. It's too You're not much. A sunflower seed guy. I like them on their own, but when mm-hmm. they're in my bread, it's like, all right, come on. What, what else are you going to throw no, into yeah, yeah, the yeah. bread? What you know? <laughs> where does it stop? You understand, San Antonio? All right, listen. So, what do you think of the pumpernickel pretzel to begin with? 
has a pretty rich taste to it. Yeah, like it's it. nice. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was a surprise. It's got a nice bitterness oh, yeah. that uh, you get with your. It was one of those things when my wife showed up. You know, she went to Trader Joe's and she got them. And you know, you're a little you're pumpernickel. Why are you stepping out? This is uh-huh. pretzels are good. You know yeah. what? They don't need to, to mess around with them. But then you you know what? She made a believer out of me. Sometimes they make things better. Well, Absolutely. listen, San Antonio Holmes goes from a good situation. Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of that Super Bowl and everything goes on to another good situation. The New York Jets, one of the up and coming teams, presumably in uh, in the AFC, a couple of years ago, great season that ends in uh, in Heinz Field. Coincidentally enough, San Antonio and company playing those Steelers last year, a little rough. So, all right, so that brings us to today. It is July 2012, San Antonio. How are things shaping up? Of course, everybody remembers January. You and Mark Sanchez aren't buddies anymore. And and, and it seems like through the media, at least, you're pals now. How say you? Um, one day you have a fight. The next day you make up. And that's pretty much how things went with our season uh, for the Jets last year. And for myself and Sanchez, uh, we just had one day where we just didn't agree. Uh, with, with, with the way the offense was working. And for that week, uh, unfortunately, it was our, our last game of the season, and we needed that game to propel ourselves into the playoffs and hopefully, you know, other teams win-lose uh, situations. But didn't work out, so it made it look like it was all bad for us. And right now, man, we are we are two group of – we are a group of guys, myself and him. And I say a group of guys because this season is going to rely on how well – Santonio Holmes and Mark Sanchez work together on the field this year. Well, listen, I'm not. It, it's not cloying to say this to you. I say it all the time, even when you're not around. To me, you're one of the you know four or five best pass catchers in the in the AFC and have been since you got to the league. Um, what happens though? Is it a, is it a matter of in the 21st century? That if if something happens in the locker room, you and Mark Sanchez have a thing. Do you imagine, have you heard anecdotes from guys who played 25, 30 years ago? Like, yeah, that sort of thing happened all the time. The difference is the media wasn't all over us and talking about it and make it, you know, I'm sure, you know, Lynn Swan and Terry Bradshaw had arguments too, right? For the most part, um, every veteran receiver that has talked to me since that day have all said that you put that thing behind you. Mm-hmm. You did what you could do, which was show up and play on Sunday. You didn't get any passes, but two passes thrown your way. You broke your streak of catches. You didn't have any catches in the game. Your team lost. It just makes it look like a whole list of all bad things. But in actuality, that can be any given week that that can happen to you. So as a veteran receiver and a younger quarterback, you patch that thing up the next day. And that's what we did. The next day when we flew back, we patched it up. And it was done. But the media insists that it will continue to drag on, drag on for their sake, which has nothing to do with the way we feel about each other then and even now. Turn that on the media. You know what? Next time one of those guys gets on, you say, have you never disagreed with your editor? Has he never <laughs> pitched something? That you're like, no, I don't want to. Like, you, there's times in every profession. I don't care what you're, you're a dentist. You're a track. It doesn't matter. You disagree with your coworkers from time to time, so it seems like it'd be a little annoying. It happens, man. When you guys are on the radio, you know, you guys may have a have a disagreement at, at one point, and and that's the whole point of of making your show sell and to keep everybody listening to the podcast. And for ourselves, that's what sells in the New York media is how much negative attention we can bring to these players, and uh, and 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 just keep running with it. You know, when things aren't going good, it makes our ratings go up, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help our team. If you guys want to be, and this is for the New York media, if you guys want to be a part of our team and want to feel so important, be there to support us, not to try to break us down. Because not one day that we all step in that locker room and we try to break each other down, that we talk bad about the way that person played, because it affects the team the way one person plays if they don't play to perfection. So if the New York media wants to be a part of our team and wants to continue writing about us, Write positive things. Stay away from the negative because it doesn't it doesn't do anything good for our team that you want to report all the negative things that happen and that's all you want to talk to us players about because we live for one thing and that's to play football, not to entertain you people in the media. 
I love that. You know, the only thing that would make that better is at the end, you make that statement, and then at the end, you just pick up a pumpernickel pretzel and you crunch it. Like, it's, it's, it's about, it's not about us, that's about you people. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You guys can still edit that. You can still edit that and take it back, you know. <laughs> you see? Who hey, needs exclamation media. points when media. you have- Crush it. It's not positive. We don't like <laughs> negative in our locker room. <laughs> if the Jets go to the Super Bowl, we're gonna we're gonna credit the pumpernickel pretzels. <laughs> the power of the pumpernickel pretzels. I might, I might give everybody those on the plane. I might pass out a bag or two. That, you, everybody you, on the plane. Twenty years ago, that was the thing. M and M's make friends, not with the Jets. Pumpernickel, pumpernickel makes pals. <laughs> you and Sanchez make peace over a pumpernickel. Well, he's pretzel. a California guy. He knows what Trader Joe's is. That'd be he terrific. Should, yeah. All right, so San Antonio, like I say, everybody knows you from the Steelers originally and now the last couple of years, flying around. I like that celebration, by the way, the the, the flying around. I think that's pretty cool. You've always had a, a flair. Let's talk about the two, Pittsburgh versus uh, the Jets. Mm. First of all, better uniform. Better uniform. I got I don't know, man. It's, well, it's, listen, it's, now, they're both I'm very take, good. I'm going to take my time with this one. They're man, very because, good, both uh, of them. <laughs> because I, I definitely love the way, you know, the, the Steelers uniform uh, fit when uh, when I was in black and gold. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a childhood dream to play for the Steelers. Is that right? You know, so I got my jerseys hanging up, and it just, and, and on the top of them it says, home sweet home, you hmm. know. and uh, But I got to go with my green and white. You, you know? like that better? I do. I I want to I, I, I want to tell you you're wrong, but that that Jets <laughs> one is pretty good. You know, it's pretty. You can't go wrong when it's just one color with white. You know, like the Colts also looks good right, for that reason. Right. So I like the blue up. and white, but the green and white, it it stands out a little more. You know, mm-hmm. everybody wants to be green. Everybody wants to wear green. Everybody wants to save by going green. So can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with going green. <laughs> See that? Well, look at this. A oh, great pitch man already. Look at that. Al Gore should call him up and make him his uh, the face of his uh, his next movie. All right. So next up, better head coach, Mike Tomlin, going up against uh, Rex Ryan. There again. This seems like a tough one because all you hear about is Mike Tomlin is a players' coach. Seems like a cool guy. Seems like a nice guy. Rex Ryan seems like a, a, a you know quintessential players' coach. And also seems like he's a lot of fun to be around. Um, my three years with uh, with Coach T, we had fun. Mm-hmm. He loved everything about me as a wide receiver, being a former receiver himself. Uh, loved the way I played the game. You know, was always on top of me to to being the leader of the of the, of the group and and being the leader on the team. Even though I was never named the captain in Pittsburgh, but he looked at me as if number ten was a captain no matter what. Um, I had had a lot of fun with him. You know, I respect him a great deal. Uh, but where I'm at now, the guy that called me and said, no matter what, I'm taking this guy, no matter what he's been through, I'm putting him on my team, and he's going to be my leader. I'm going with Rex Ryan, man. He's, well, that's the right answer. You have to do that because <laughs> yeah. like, there's an off chance Rex will hear this, and then what? Like, yeah. you, you, you took Tomlin he, over but he, me? But he's Jeez. my guy, though, man. Uh, he, he would call – Middle of the night, you know, just to say what's up in, in the chit-chat. And, and I would do the same. I'd pick up the phone and just call him just to say hey. And uh, hmm. I think that relationship that he and I have established is is going to be a great connection for a long time in New York. I always say you talk about, um, you know, Coach Tomlin, former receiver. The thing that always strikes me about uh, the way you played and the, the, the chemistry you had with Roethlisberger is the, uh, the description about him that you always hear is when they start talking about who's the best QB and everything is, of course, when the play breaks down, when he gets outside the pocket to me among all the wide receivers i think of that's also your brand of ball you're great when the play sort of breaks down i mean the to the one of the plays that i think of when i think of you in a steeler uniform aside from the broken play ultimately that you scored the touchdown on you know roethlisberger's running around and you're the ravens game the afc title game you're de- roethlisberger throws a, a throws a you know barely gets the ball off and it was a floater and you make the play in the middle of the field next thing you know you're running for a touchdown is that is that why the the chemistry looks so good between the two of you? Um, we we both had a good time of enjoying how to play the game. When things happened good, we were on cue. When the play broke down, he knew that Ten likes to play football no matter what. He's going to continue to be open. He's going to try to be open. 
And even back to that play versus the Ravens, it was a throwaway play. He just mm-hmm. couldn't get the ball out of bounds far enough, and I happened to be standing in that area. And when I saw the ball being released, I could just watch it, you know, with my eyes. Like, man, this is this is going too far out of bounds. And <laughs> it happened to just drop right in my hands, and the guy overran me to make the tackle when the rest was history well but, you've uh, talked about that play too you thought the play before that you know i don't mind telling you now that everything worked out but at the time i thought oh my oh my goodness the ball the touch that the game-winning touchdown pass just went right through san antonio holmes's hands the play before that right oh in the super bowl yeah in the oh, super, super bowl, bowl. oh yeah that was i just knew i lost it man i was like that was my <laughs> chance to be the mvp it's amazing and to come back from that and make the game-winning play that standing in the huddle when ben he looked up, and uh, Heath Miller just kept tapping like, Tone, it's all right, it's all right. You're going to make the next play. I'm like, man, whatever. You know, this, <laughs> It's uh, not an easy somebody, play, yeah, I mean, for crying out loud. Gonna, somebody else is going to make a play. They're going to win the game. We're going to win the Super Bowl, whatever. <laughs> Standing in the huddle, and Ben comes back to the huddle, you know, a little out of breath. All right, guys, we're ready. And he starts giving the play call. And as I put my mouthpiece in to take off to the line of scrimmage, I just start smiling, like, from ear to ear. Like, we really just called this play. We ran this play from week one of the postseason to week six, however well, many weeks it was. Mm-hmm. But every day we ran this play in practice, and it never worked for us. And we called this play in the Super Bowl. And my gut instinct was like, how, how can we call this play in the Super Bowl? And we never completed this play. So when he called it, I had a smile on my face. I went up to the line of scrimmage, and I, I shoved my mouthpiece in. I looked around at the defense. And I saw one guy wasn't covering me the way I thought he would be in this situation. Snapped the ball. I almost stumbled off the line of scrimmage because I was anticipating a jab, you know, from the defensive guy, and he didn't touch me. And I I knew it was one spot where nobody would be at, and, and that's where we have always thrown this ball at every day in practice. It was either too high, I was standing on the line, one of the defenders came back, knocked the ball out of bounds, pushed me out of bounds in practice. And I happened to look back at the right time to see his hand pointing to me that I got you. And he, he let the ball go where only I could catch it and nobody else. I like that. Play. Congratulations, Cardinals. <laughs> a play that's never worked before ever beat you in your only Super Bowl appearance. What about then next, uh, next uh, issue, Pittsburgh versus New York City, the city. All things good, food, people. What's a better place? Uh, you got to go with the city. You got to go with Pittsburgh. The city. No, got to go with the, the city, city of champions, New the York, Steel City. I love being in Pittsburgh when it's football season. But once football season's over, there's nothing to do in Pittsburgh. Yeah, what are you talking? How dare you? <laughs> Could go to a Pirates game. Go to a hockey game. How many times are you really going to enjoy going to a Pirates game? <laughs> you know, uh, go to Promantis. Uh, I've had that my first year going to Pittsburgh and. Uh, Never been back since then. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I Pittsburgh have half people, a mo- but I love Pittsburgh. That's really but- good. Did you ever have the? Did, did you ever have Capicola? That's a really good one. They fry that up on yeah, the. We had all of the above thrown on top of a sandwich for me to try as a rookie, and uh, that was the last time I tried. All right, I'm disappointed to hear you on that. <laughs> we we park our cars in the garage on a lot of issues, though. Let me so, ask you this question. This is oh. a this is a question I, uh, Roethlisberger. Of course, the summer you get traded. Right. Roethlisberger, it's not his first run in with trouble. He's, you know, he's in the midst of, and you know, we can debate what happened, well, all that jazz. Right. To what do you? How do you explain that you get traded away, but Roethlisberger does not? What was your take on what was going down then? Were you raw about that you got shipped out? He gets embraced and so on. Uh, you have to make a decision. You either going to get rid of your franchise or another guy. Why would you have to get rid of either? I don't know. I don't know. I got a phone call April 12th and said I was traded. That's all I know. Uh but you re- you rebuild around your franchise and you can always replace the other guy. And in that situation, I was the other guy. They rebuild around the franchise. The rest is. So you didn't feel like, well, listen, why does Roethlisberger get to stay, and why is he not? Uh, why is he not being cast out the door when I'm when, when you're knocking me out? 
<laughs> You're being practical. That's all I'll say. I won't. I won't say. Wait. I, I got you. All right. That's good. All right. Well, listen. Uh, of course, uh, you're going to be running around the NFL Network all day. I do want to get your thoughts though quickly. You know, you're a, a Buckeye. What about the Urban Meyer era? What do you think? Are are prospects looking good? Are you optimistic now? Give them. Give them four years. Four years. Four That's years. too much. I'm not even. I'm not giving them four years to just win one national title. I'm giving them four years to at least have two. Oh, in the next right. oh okay. You know that but, makes sense. You have to exclude this year mm-hmm. because of the probation that Ohio State is on. But mm-hmm. the attitude that he brings to the organization is similar to what Coach Trestle had his first year there. I met Trestle 2001. He came in to recruit me. And that was his first year of coaching the Buckeyes. The next year, we as a team were national champions. Coach Meyer has that same attitude that you give him one year to build his program, which is a non-counting season for the Buckeyes in the BCS to the next three years that there's an opportunity for him to rebuild his program and to win national championships. Gotcha. Well, let me do one more question before we go, because you're out here for Don't the- forget, make, make it a good one, because we, can, we can't let him get out of here without asking him what everybody talks about in New York City. <laughs> yeah. Those guys who throw the ball. That's yes, the guys who throw the ball. You're out here for- Or the one who runs the ball, but he's Ooh, so, so, they- called a QB. But yes, ask oh, okay. your question. The football player. He's yes. a football player. What's it been like? How's everything going with that situation? How's Tebow working in? What are the uh, What's the breakdown of reps and practices? Is he even back there throwing the ball, or is he just- uh, it's, it's been, it's been very interesting, you know, to see the style that he brings to the team, um, and to understand what our offensive coordinator has in plans for him. Mm-hmm. But as a, as what a are the plans? Player, is he going to run or is he as a football player and as a teammate of his, we want to see him succeed by playing his role and helping the team win ball games. You know, we're not going to ask for Tim Tebow to get out there and run the ball 60 times in the game or throw it 25 times we're going to ask for tim tebow to accept his plays and his role on this team score touchdowns make first downs help our team keep drives alive and win ball games and i think he's capable of doing each one of those you know by fulfilling his need and being a part of the team does it feel like it's a media creation that although sanchez i mean same thing like we started off with does it feel like sanchez isn't really worried and i, I don't know if they if my teammates like me as much as tim tebow or 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 is it clearly in the locker room sanchez is the man tebow is an is a nice wildcat isn't the right way to call him but you know a guy who is a change of pace kind of guy and and it's clear though to all of you guys sanchez is the man there's no debate here Right now, he's our starting quarterback, and Tebow is our backup quarterback. Is that Tebow on the phone right there? Uh, uh, no, <laughs> Sanchez. <laughs> Neither, but uh, but we're like I said, man, we're going to accept that role, and I'm pretty sure he's going to accept it because he's excited to be a New York Jet. And how easy would it be for him to to win a championship in New York City, you know, and still be Tim Tebow? even if he's not the starting quarterback. He's going to accept that regardless. Mm-hmm. Sure. So all of us on the team are going to embrace it as well and hope that he comes in, get his job done, help us win ball games, and we all do what we have in mind is to win a world championship. All right, San Antonio, listen, I'd like you to come back next week or the week after, whenever you're free, because we love talking to Steve Smith. You see he signed our wall up there. We love talking. Steve Smith's a regular. He's terrific, and I enjoy you, um, your candor as well here, because I'd love to talk to you about that AFC title game two years ago with, because I don't mind telling you, and this is sacrilege to Steelers fans, you guys would have won that game if they would have had Sean Green in there instead of LT at the goal line. Hey. You had a chance to – I mean, that would have been that would have been a ball game. You put – each his own. You put Sean Green in on fourth and goal at the inch line, that would have been a touchdown. But, uh, listen, black tie in there is being a wet blanket. He's saying you got to go. you got all these other things to do. So be it. But, San Antonio, good luck in 2012 with uh, Sanchez, Tebow, and the, uh, you know – the esprit de corps that apparently is going on under Rex Ryan. Oh, it's going to be fun, man. It's been real. Thank you uh, guys for having me. Thanks. Goodbye, Ten. Pleasure. I like Ten. He's a good guy, huh? See, that's what Absolutely. everybody else calls me, Ten.
You know, <laughs> can't go wrong with ten. I like ten. That's a cool number for a wide receiver. Too. Absolutely. Is that the is that maybe the best choice you can make? Like twelve. Twelve? Nah, That's a ten's good one. cooler as a wide receiver. Sorry. San Antonio, what a pleasure, <laughs> man. Take care. Good luck with the season. Have fun today. There he goes. The great San Antonio Holmes, and I stand by that. The great San Antonio mm-hmm. Holmes. Rank. True or, or false. I always I always hail him in a weird way. I'm a guy who takes guys that are considered underrated, and then underrated should mean that people think like, oh, he was a free eight. No. I first round draft pick, a lot of people think San Antonio's good. Even in the even by that standard, he's underrated because mm-hmm. to me, he's one of like I say, the top four or five wide receivers in the AFC and has been since he got to the league. Absolutely. Do you agree with that? Yeah, he's been a, he's been a good. I think Sanchez was crummy last year. Well, he's gone, so I can he's, say that out loud. I don't now. think yeah, Sanchez yeah. was of was course, great. Yeah. I mean, I could guess you imagine that though? was what it was. It was that Sanchez didn't wasn't having a great year. Santonio was frustrated, and he finally blew up. I think I I don't want to put him on the spot and say, did you think he had a crummy year? I think we know that. San Antonio thought Sanchez had a crummy year. Yeah. But I think that San Antonio, not, that season notwithstanding, look what he did two years ago when he first got to the Jets. Mm-hmm. Look what he did when the Steelers uh, got to the, won that Super Bowl, obviously. You watch that drive. If you don't know San Antonio's body of work, all I have to do is steer you to that Super Bowl winning drive, and it's not just that catch he makes. It's the drive throughout. He is the man who Roethlisberger has locked into. All right, well, listen. There goes 10. Who's coming through the door, though? Here he is. Play a song there, Black Tie. He's handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. Yeah, that's right. All the way from England. He's a Miami Dolphins fan. He's a favorite here on the uh, on the football program. It's Handsome Hank. How are you? Good, thank you, Dave. Thank you very much for having me again. You're very kind. Sure. Now, thing. Hank, let well, me of course, say you're this. Always thing. welcome. Now, I gotta say, Hank is probably my favorite export from England. Just slightly ahead of the TNT Sports podcast coming out of out of England. But the one thing that troubles me about Handsome Hank is his total aversion to pretzels. Now, you, I don't know if you heard, if you were out there, if you could hear. It's a hot-button issue. It is. It is. And I don't know if you heard uh, Santonio Holmes enjoyed the pumpernickel pretzels. Can I he tell tried you something? I know, I know you're doing this, but I don't want to forget to mention this because you were talking about exports. My favorite uh, my favorite import, not it, it, it would export, be my export from England. Yeah, it's, as an import. My favorite import from another land, Dieter Brock of the Los Angeles Rams. Oh. Formerly of clever. the CFL. Damashek back in the ball game, and I want. Actually, that I think you went ahead. Did I really? Yeah. We tried to organically reference Dieter Brock, the former. That LA wasn't Rams so QB. much organically, but you know, it's number. F- that was pretty organic. You're talking about. Nah. You're talking about foreign imports. That's nah. about as good as it gets. He's from Canada. Played for CFL. I think that's about his. Yeah. Uh, so He's I, not from Canada. He's from like Louisiana. I don't. He played in the Canadian Football League. I couldn't care less. He was an export import. You could actually. That's a. You could care less. I said no. I couldn't care less. No, you actually could care. There's something you could care less about. No, nah, I really don't care because I now have the point. All right, we try to we try to get we have an, a long standing uh, showdown on that. I get the point there. Now back to your pretzels. No, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. After you derailed this whole thing for your, I had try, to take the lead. Priority, please sir. Try one of these. San Antonio Holmes tried one of San these. San Antonio the Holmes, that's fine. But we, I've just learned that the biggest difference between San Antonio Holmes and I are our head sizes. I've just put on, sat in his seat and put on <laughs> his uh, headphones, and uh, they're about half. His head must be tiny, <laughs> but he does have a terrific odor. Say it to um, his face. I, I. He does. He's a good smelling man. A, he smells great. Um, or something in here smells great. I'm, I'm, it's not either of you two, so I can I'm only assume it's it was, uh, it was Holmes. Right. Um, the only thing I like about the Jets, Adam, I'm not going to try a pretzel. I've tried pretzels. Nothing. It's pumpernickel. Uh, it's it's an- completely different. Pumpernickel is another thing I don't really like. So combining pumpernickel and Taste pretzel. Taste it. You can't say no without Break tasting Break a half it of it. Jeez Louise. San Antonio, is g- it's going to be the, the story of the 2012 Jets is their love of pumpernickel pretzels. Yeah. You like yeah. it? Yeah, it tastes like stale bread, like all the other pretzels. Yeah. Oh, Thanks for a, nothing, Rank. What a all creep. right, when the Jets defeat your Miami Dolphins twice this year, because their bellies are full of pumpernickel uh, pretzels, and also because they're vastly superior talent-wise. But 
that you'll you'll only have yourself to blame. You think for that. you think that Santonio Holmes will test positive for pumpernickel pretzel after that game? Perhaps I don't even know what that shot is about there, Ranky. I mean, uh, handsome. Hey, there are a couple things I want to do here. We got to get to the blacklist. Um, we haven't done the blacklist in a little while here. It's, well, it's our review of topical events mm-hmm. as presented by the man behind the glass, Black Tie. What's the poop there, Black Tie? How'd you like San Antonio? Swell fella, huh? It was great. It's great interview. I really want to know what he said when you asked him about Big Ben and Holmes, and like he, you know, I he covered the, his mic and he told you guys. But I wonder if the myself, mic picked it up. He said, uh, "No, he said it did not. Uh, he was talking about money and the investment that the Steelers had in Ben Roethlisberger. That's what he was talking about." That's no. why I said he's being practical. Gotcha. They can't, it, it's hard to make a contract dump on that level, is what he was is what he was suggesting. Um, but he was very frank. That's what I. That's what we like here in Studio yep. Sixty Six. I'm surprised he answered the he answered the Tomlin or Rex Ryan question. I mean, it was well. He said Rex well, Ryan. What's he going to say? say? If he would have said t- Mike Tomlin, now that would have been something. I didn't like his answer of New York City over Pittsburgh as a city to live in. I didn't care for that as much. Um, Handsome, you and I talk a lot because you oversee the NFL.com page, the homepage there. And I say, what do you want out of Damashek? What would you like to see more of? And you say, and you can track me down, uh, Dave Damashek at, and I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Dave Damashek dot NFL dot com is uh, the blog page Soon there. Soon to be on the homepage as well. Is Dave. that right? Yes. Terrific what? news. Terrific news. Well, yep. it belongs there already, Rank. Enough's enough. I know. No, I just... So never thought I would see it. I said, "What do you? What, what should? What, what would you like me to tackle, as it were, Hank?" And you told me you like my fan conduct policy. I love it. Well, because you know, Kamish Goodell, fine. He's the commissioner of the NFL. He, it's his right to say, "I'm going to have a player conduct policy." A lot of people wring their hands about that, but listen, it's his league. He can police it if he wants to. But where it crosses a line for me as a fan of the NFL is that then he followed that up with a few years back, a fan conduct policy mm-hmm. wherein you are encouraged as a attendee of a football game. If you see bad behavior, you should report it to the security guards or whoever, the cops, I guess. I don't know. I think that goes too far. You don't police me. I'm the fan. Who's yeah. the real owner of the NFL? The fan. That's who's the owner. You know, my behavior, I'm fu- ultimately, I am funding the NFL by watching it in the stands and, and having the, uh, you know, eating the wieners there and or if I'm getting the direct TV or if I'm consuming it on, on, on network TV and I'm watching the ads. I, you know, it's all drives through me ultimately. So I don't I, I resent a fan conduct policy being put together by the league. Instead, I long ago submitted the fans should develop their own fan con- yeah. conduct policy. So I've laid out a, a bunch of rules there like one of the big ones is, of course, you can't wear, and this isn't just fo- NFL football. This is all sports. I don't like, I've been to ball games out, you know, some baseball games. I went to a Dodger game a while back, and there was a guy there in a Dodger t-shirt mm-hmm. and a Boston Red Sox ball oh, cap. You can't do that. What, 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 what statement are you making? That was, do you, are your socks Oakland A's? Well, it <laughs> makes no sense. You can't do it. You get to wear one. You can't. You, you, you say you can't cross yes. streams in that way. Yeah. No, never. And I you shouldn't. Even, like, you could wear you a Chicago even, Bears hat though, right? Because at least it's a different sport. Or is I don't that know. Still, I would. I would accept if he was wearing a, if he was wearing a Dodger shirt and say an LA Kings hat. That would be acceptable. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That shows I like the, the city. city. The city. But yeah, 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 don't wear the don't wear the gear of a team who's not playing. Right. That bugs I, me. You know, and the thing, you know, there there are many of these, and I've got to scratch them all out here and write them up, and we'll put it on the uh, DaveDamashek.NFL.com blog page. I like the um, I, uh, one I really that drives me crazy is the guy who sits. You see it most at baseball games. The guy who has great seats, gangbuster seats, second row, right behind home plate, mm-hmm. and he's tweeting and he's waving to his friends at home. He's on his cell phone, waving like, "Look at me!" And you see it a lot in playoff games. Yeah, that that's loco. Watch the stinking game, fella. And of course, the sad irony is you can you know, more often than not, the guy who's waving has no idea who the players are he's watching. No, Somehow he's gotten these plum seats and yet probably doesn't care much about the game. He's much more interested in waving to his fans and show, to his See friends. when that guy leaves. 
probably like about the seventh it's inning. It's sickening. Uh, the Jessica Simpson rule, which uh, which began back when she was dating Tony Romo, and they would cut to her up in the stands, and she was wearing Tony Romo's jersey, except it was pink. pink. You mm-hmm. don't wear, you can't change the colors of the team. Some people do it just for fashion. She did it for fashion, too. Right. But you see those guys walking around like they're, they're Yankees fans, but their sneakers are, are yellow, so they're ball capped. They get a Yankees hat, but they get a yellow one. No, no, no. Are you with the Yankees or you're not? You don't get to change it to, to your liking, you see. Mm-hmm. These are some of the fan conduct policy rules that I've laid out here. One I think that we really should change. I also like to talk about improvements for right. the game. One improvement, we'll get in. Well, let's do a whole list of our improvements for the game. One improvement I'd like to see something taken from college football is fight songs. The idea of fight songs. Oh. There are a lot of fight songs out there. In not not that many, there are probably six or eight NFL teams have some version of a fight song. The classic ones, like the the Chicago Bears, hail hail Chicago Bears. How's the Redskins one go? Hail to the Redskins! Hail to, to the, the Redskins! And then you have the the newer age ones. You have like the, the not new, well the sev- the, the quintessentially seventy sounding San Diego Chargers. Right. San Diego Super Chargers. Charges San Diego, charges San Diego, super charges San Diego, chargers, pal. Oh, very nice. I didn't know if I, I, I was wondering was, how long we were no, going to have was, to indulge yeah. that. But no, I, then, I put up the finger. I'm like, no, 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 wait, I'm going to have an ending to this. Then you had the, uh, I, I wish you would have punctuated it San Antonio style with the with a large bite of with a pumpernickel pretzel. That's a great move. Um then you had, like, the Houston Oilers are gone, but back in the 70s, they had uh, their Love You Blue song, because we're the Houston Oilers. Wait, that's the Dolphins Houston, one I would well. love to know, because oh, we're the Miami, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one. Wait, number you, one. That you, is you stole that one? Don't you no, remember they that stole they, it from us. They both had that song almost simultaneously. It's I'd like love to know scene. who did it. What I'd was, love to uh, know who did it. What was the song? cheerleading movie? Uh, with uh, Eliza Dushku and that oh, one, I didn't and see the, the two br- and the two teams. <laughs> Bring it on! I think it was where they both did the same routine. They bought Why'd the you same. Ask the question if you knew the I answer. I forgot yeah. it just came well, to me, but hey, it's like, uh, hey dudes, I don't know about that cheerleader chick flick. What I'm was it talking called? about? Nobody, it. nobody, nobody knows. knows. Nobody Luckily, knows. Bring I it just on. remembered. <laughs> no, 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 I just remembered. <laughs> I watched it Bring last on. night. No, but they both this, uh, the skeevy guy sells the same dance routine to two competing cheerleading groups, and they go to the big. Meat and whatever. Yeah, I think whatever is probably the uh, prevailing. Speaking of, so I feel like some songwriter wrote the song and he's he probably sold it to like all twenty six teams at the time. Like, hey, look here, buy this song. Was it called uh, "Bring It On" or was it called "Bring It On"? Bring the uh, bring the podcast down. I don't remember what, (laughs) but but anyway. We should do. I oh, like I forgot. The, Everybody's got to be a cool guy. <laughs> oh, I never saw that. I'm sorry. I didn't yes, see that movie. I know. I yes, didn't you're see all that. tough guys. Sorry. You know what I do like talking about, as you know? I like when actors find themselves in similar places. The one I always talk about is Kevin Spacey is in two is in two movies. All right. Please is, don't do this. Listen. Is the subject Bring It On, Bring it on was sh- bad, but this is... Police sketch artist. He's the subject, you know, in Seven and Usual Suspects. We see him depicted by police sketch artists. Of course, there's Johnny Utah and Shane Falco, Keanu Reeves playing uh, Ohio State quarterbacks. I noticed a good one. I was catching uh, over the weekend. I saw Midnight Run with uh, it's a wonderful picture with Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin and completely cool by any standard. Not uh, not like your uh, the movie you were just talking about name. I already forgot. But Dennis Farina, who's a gangster in every picture he's ever been in, pretty much, I noticed, uh, unless I'm mistaken about this, at the end of Midnight Run, he makes that deal in the Vegas airport, you know, with De Niro, and he gets, Serrano's got the discs, Serrano's got the discs, and the police swarm in and arrest him. I think he also gets arrested same way undercover cops bust him like that. They they they, they swoop in and, and cuff him at the end of the picture at the end of Get Shorty. In the bus station, or is it an airport? I don't remember. But he doesn't he open the little locker, and that's where the money yeah, is. And yeah. That's oh, Dennis Farina, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, Isn't yeah, that yeah, Dennis yeah. Farina? I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that's a cool one. That's a guy. guy I got a cool one. That's point, a good one. Point Damashek. All right. All right. Let's get to the blacklist. Black tie. The blacklist. 
Black Tyrese current events. The Blacklist. Damn it, Sheck and Wank if they're coming. The Blacklist. The Blacklist. All right, guys. On a blacklist this week. Well, it's been two weeks, right? Three weeks? I don't know how long it's been. We've been doing a lot of Dead or Alive. By the way, I went back and listened to episode uh, uh, 76, and you weren't there for that black tie. Wilk tie sat in for you. No offense, fella, but that was a good show we did. It was very good. Rank was there. Handsome Hank was there. We had the Around the League guys in. They were terrific. We had a little debate there. It was good stuff. I got an interesting – where is that, in fact? I have a good tweet about Handsome Hank. I mean, about – about black tie. I can't find it. I'll see if I can find it. Oh, okay. I found it. I found the tweet here. It's from Los Real Ali or Los Real Ali. Anyway, he says, uh, if they ever remake different strokes, black tie could play an updated version of Adelaide. He matches her sass and resentment. So it's not hate, but it is an observation that the producer of the Dave Damashek football program seems to not be a fan of the Dave Damashek football program. That's sad. How say you, Black Tie? No, it's not that. I just have to keep you guys in check. I mean, you I wouldn't to? be. You I wouldn't to? be a fan. Who says who? I wouldn't be working on the show was if I mandate? wasn't a fan. But that's kind of like what I have to do around here. I just gotta, just gotta keep it a tight forty-five. That's all it is. <laughs> uh, we're way past that now. Yes, I think we've already blown past forty-five minutes. Probably. Uh, I, I don't have a watch on it, but I'm sure we're well past. I'll it. just. I'll right, chop let's it get up. to it. I'll just chop it up. I'll probably remove that tweet as well. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right, guys. In light of recent findings in the Sandusky situation in Penn State, you know, a lot of people have been calling for Joe Paul's statue to come down. But forget the statue for a second. What I want to know is, should Penn State football be given the hashtag death penalty? A serious subject for you to well, for, yeah, have us tackle here, Black All business, guy. baby. I'm business. Well, black lips is starting rather dark right now. Of course. And I'm not getting up on Mount Pius in saying that either, I don't think. I don't understand exactly the defense for the Penn State program by the NCAA standards of you know institutional control. If that's lack of institutional control, what, what other – circumstance is a better case of uh, the university that the head football coach talks to the lead administrators and says yeah let's not do anything about this and they listen to him they're in charge of the university overall and he's telling them now let's bury this essentially if if it's to be believed what the uh what the free report says and you know listen the guy i i, I understand what the motivation for the paterno family to try and cast some doubt on it but the guy used to be the head of the fbi what do, what's he what, what he's incented somehow to say bad things about joe paterno of course he is and he's he's uh, as objective a source unless he's a uh, you know a michigan fan or something which i don't know if he is i mean why, why would he what's his motivation to to try and badmouth joe paterno or anybody else I say the death penalty is the right case, is the right um, thing here. I know the NCAA has said essentially that after what happened to SMU that they would never do that again. The irony is for the school, you know, they want to keep football not just because it's so much of their identity, but also because the the school is going to get destroyed, hundreds of millions of dollars. You got to think. I don't know our legal system all that well, but I still based on everything I've read, there are going to be all sorts of civil cases against them, and they're going to have to pay out hundreds of millions of dollars to all these families. How better to to pay for that than with big-time college football games? But if you take that away from them, they're really going to be in trouble. But, yeah, listen, it may sound strong, but I say shut it down. Absolutely. And when you look at what happened to USC, they had to sit out a couple of bowl games for essentially a guy gave his family a house. And then so USC and all the kids – who are a member of the USC football program right now, had to go and suffer that penalty. Ohio State, Antonio Holmes was just in here. Their kids, what do they do? They traded jerseys for tattoos. All of these seem quaint compared to what Penn State did, and it's completely disgusting, and Penn State should have to uh, to should get the death penalty in for quite some time. It's a funny shift of priorities, too, that everybody says, well, it's not these kids' fault. It's the kids that are currently on the team. They had nothing to do with that. Well, yeah, listen, a lot of violations that then put the program 
in you know on suspension or or the death penalty. A lot of those kids were innocent bystanders. Tall, yeah. That. I Matt mean, Barkley. Even if you were there, right? Yeah. Even if you were there when the violations went down, a lot of those players and a lot of the people on the staff there that had nothing to do with it. And it's going to hurt their career. That's the way it goes. Collateral damage. Well, think of all the kids on the USC football program that who didn't get benefits right, had course. to give up. You know, they're no longer considered national champions. All of a sudden, that's the concern. Is it's, it's yeah, should Penn State have to forfeit some of their titles? I well, listen. They're, I, I assume they're going to get stripped of that. That'll be the least of it. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have to void all their wins of the last fourteen years, or, or when, from the time Paterno first says mm-hmm. they're being investigated. Let's help Sandusky retire with honors, as opposed to shaming him out of uh, out of the university. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue differently to to what you guys said. Although, you know, I do feel bad for those kids who who if this did come down, would it would mean that they wouldn't get any real meaningful football or any at all, maybe. Um, but I, how soon how soon would they have to make that decision? You know, we're kind of on the eve of the of the college football season already. Like, at what point do you say, "Sorry, guys, this isn't happening this year"? That's, That's a good tough. question. I mean, I have you know, the no longer idea. they let it linger, the easier it is to say, well, there's nothing we can do now. Well, I tweeted the other day. They really get rid of the statue. Yes, they should take the statue, put it at the 50-yard line, and let people shoot paintballs at it. Uh, only on Saturdays, though, to put that stadium to good use, since I don't expect it, it's going to be hosting any football games for the next uh, couple of years. I, I really do think the death penalty is coming down here. All right, Black Tie, a happier subject. Please. Yeah, let's get something better than that. So a lot of money's been thrown around these days in the world of sports. Matt Forte just got his new deal. So did Ray Rice. But what's the hashtag crazier contract? Drew Brees, 40 mil in one year, new deal with the Saints. Or Jeremy Lin, almost 15 mil in year three of his contract that the Rockets are offering. Well, you know, speaking of things I tweeted out, I said that uh, over the weekend. Does anybody who watches, actually watches the games and has with uh, any regularity over the last handful of years, is there anybody who looks at that and says Ray Felton isn't an upgrade from Jeremy Lin? He's a more complete ball player. I understand that he let totally, himself totally go. Totally disagree there. By well, the way. listen, That's he let true. himself go a bit in Portland. Yes, he got chunky, no doubt. That was just a bad place for him. Uh, uh, maybe a comparison is sort of Randy Moss going to Oakland. I think that that's how we'll look at Ray, Ray Felton two years from now. We'll say, oh, that was just that was just a bad fit for whatever reason for that guy. It wasn't a good situation. It was a cr- it, and, and that team, the organization was crummy up there in Portland. I think when he gets there, he's a good he's a good pick and roll guy. That's going to work well with Amari Stoudemire, of course. I think it's an upgrade for the Knicks. I don't know the, the you know their backup point guard situation is suddenly an issue now with uh, Jason Kidd. But I, I like Ray Felton, and I say let him walk away. I don't think Carmelo Anthony needed to say what he said as Jeremy Lin walks out the door. But but I, I like Felton over Lin. It's an upgrade as in this is a guy that Carmelo Anthony doesn't hate. Yeah, that's so true. That's, I mean, that's that's good. And Houston, I think they're in one of those situations where they, they were the last team to let Jeremy Lin go. And now they've kind of like overcompensated, like kind of like the guy who breaks up with his girlfriend and then realizes, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And so he's got to go above and beyond trying to win her back. And that's what the Rockets did with Jeremy Lane and did. No, yeah. I, well, I agree with you, but I think it's kind of like, hey, I should get back with my ex-girlfriend because uh, she has a lot of money kind of thing. It's like yeah. Jeremy Lynn will make us rich. He'll make us relevant. People will pay attention to our team. Nobody really talks about the Houston Rockets if we get him. And Dwight Howard, boy, will be uh, will be marketing. Um, we'll have the marketing spotlight on us at the very least. All right, Black Tie, last one. You guys totally did not answer the question, so I'm going to let Hank go. Oh, more Drew questions, Brees. more questions. I see. I, I see. Well, What's I, more I, ridiculous? I, I'm probably the wrong person to to be okay. answering it, but at the same time, here's what I think. Uh, it seems like Lynn is kind of the equivalent of Tim Tebow in like not very good, but flash in the pan. People get excited about him. Drew Brees is, was, is one of the best quarterbacks playing in the NFL right now. Seems like one deserves a big contract, the other one doesn't. I Yes, yes. I agree. Yes. Drew Brees makes yes. sense. Yes, a, yes. I, I think my answer was clear when I said Ray Felton's an upgrade, right? I, th- th- didn't that make the case? I didn't uh, hold up, uh, you know, day, uh, well, anyway. All right, moving on. All right, guys, this past weekend, Harrison Ford, turned 70. You know, his resume, Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, What's his hashtag greatest character? 
Handsome Hank, you answer this one first. Greatest um, Harrison Ford character. As um, an Englishman, I'd be interested in your perspective on this. Uh, I really like, I'm, I'm blanking on it now, um, Dr. Wait, regarding Henry. No, not regarding Henry. Dr. Jack Ryan. Dr. Um, you know, in uh, the one where he's running away. What the hell's it called? The Doctor from In the oh, Fugitive. Fugitive. In the Fugitive. Doctor Campbell. Doctor Kimball. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, Richard Kimball. Yes, him. That's your of all his movies. <laughs> I like. Look, I like Han Solo and all that stuff, but I love that movie. Well, then, if you're familiar with Han Solo, feel the sting of his blaster, jerk. How dare you come in here and say Dr. Richard Kimball. <laughs> Dr. Richard Kimball. I'll accept, I'll, listen, I'll accept Blade Runner. I'll accept Indiana Jones. But how dare you come in here and throw out Dr. Richard Kimball. Go back and watch it again. No. It's, it, yeah, it's a fine it's movie. Adam, it's better than uh, Cheerleader. Bring it on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you saved there's, it. there's a lot of things better than Bring It On, but I'm not going to pretend that I didn't see it. All right, you're next. Well, of rank. course it's going to be Han Solo. What's interesting to note here is that Doctor Jones is pretty good, and 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 uh, um, what's his well, name me, in Blade Runner? Um, uh, Richard Kimball. I'm going to go one step above, and I think we're going to agree. How dare you? I don't mind. Listen, you can go. You can go. Indiana Jones. Doctor Jones is a fine right. choice. Rick Deckard from uh, from Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. These are these are wonderful characters. All Richard Kimball. Solo. Kimball. Not, that's ridiculous. Doesn't get on the metal stand. Did you know this about Han Solo? Is that Harrison Ford hated the character, and the whole reason that he goes into the carbon freeze at the end of Empire is because they didn't, because Harrison Ford hadn't signed a contract to be in episode number six or to be in Return of the Jedi. So they said, so George Lucas was like, well, I don't want to have a situation where Harrison Ford doesn't come back, so I'm going to put him in the carbon freeze, and that gives us some wiggle room in case. Harrison Ford doesn't want to come back. I didn't know that. I, I, I've never read that, and I've read a fair amount of this. What I do know about uh, Ford slash Solo is he wanted to, what he proposed to Lucas and company was kill Solo at the end of Jedi, and it and he's absolutely right. You kill Solo at the end of Jedi, the gravity of the picture is, is through the roof. You know, it's way better through the floor, I guess, of gravity. But... Uh, um, it would be a way. It would be a way heavier picture. You know, mm -hmm. the only thing that dies in that is is one of the. We, you know, we see one Ewok die. You know, there, there's no cause. Darth Vader dies in that too. I know, but that was the you know the whole father son thing. You know, but if he dies, I can still no... save you. You already have Luke. You already have. That's what Anakin <laughs> says to him. But what if Solo had gotten killed? Now that's a heavy toll. So there's no the Jason rebellion. Solo anymore, or there's no. Because him and him and Leah have twins, and they have one other kid, and then what are you talking about in the extended universe? Where, where does this exist? In the books, the Dark Horse comics. <laughs> comics. I don't care about all that jazz. Um, I, I really don't. I don't care about this manufactured. Did Lucas write them? That's why they're better. Yes. No, he didn't. Thankfully, I know. no. He, he did screw up the prequels. There's no arguing that point. I think the correct answer. I, this, you know, listen. This is tough because. Dr. Jones is one of the very best, I mean, top five movie characters. It's almost you have to distinguish. He's the lead character. He is Dr. Jones. Mm -hmm. In a way, Solo gets to be cool because he, he's not carrying the picture. He's basically the atheist of, of the thing. You know, the, the force is essentially religion, mm -hmm. and your the depth of your faith will carry you through is the, is the allegory. But... Solo, then, is the cynic in that, and yet he still comes through in the clutch. So it's an interesting thing. Love Solo. I'm going to go Solo for the Wiseacre business, but I do think that uh, that the trilogy would have been much better. Let me ask you that, because Batman's opening up here. Mm -hmm. Or should we do that one later, Black Tide? you want to talk about that? Because that's a big no, let's Yeah, let's not get into any possible spoilers discussion right now. It's not spoiler discussion. I do. I am going to go back to my prediction from the last podcast, though. I said I think Batman dies at the end. I don't know if he's going to die, but after what Rank told me, he said that, oh, the, well, that, the, that the Dark Knight really ends with, that the comic book ends with uh, Bruce Wayne having his back broken, and so he can't carry on. Here's what I think is going to happen. What are you doing? Staying spoiler free, my friend. I do know that story though. About spoiler free, the broken bat. Yeah. Well, listen. So they break that's Bruce how... Wayne's back. Let's say. Let's say you're that, that. This is how it ends. 
why would they introduce in the third leg of a three, of a trilogy this Joseph Gordon-Levitt character who's a good cop, a cop do-gooder? I think that based on the way these movies have played out, that it's all about Batman is a symbol, right? He's a symbol for good. He's a symbol for justice for Gotham City. This has been the theme of two pictures so far. They're a city that's been terrorized, and he takes it back. I think that he's going to have his back broken, and just like he did with Harvey Dent, a.k.a. Two-Face, he took the blame there, and and uh, and Two-Face, Harvey Dent, was like, see, he was the hero. He saved Gotham City. Same way he's going to pass the torch to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He will become the new Batman. That's how we'll go on. Bruce Wayne, irrelevant what to is this. this? Well, wait, what, Bruce, what? Rele- Bruce Wayne is irrelevant. It's this symbol that matters more. And Batman will live on in in the body of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's my prediction for how it ends. I want to have a discussion, though. We'll do a second Wait, podcast this week, Rank. Was, I want to uh, discuss then. Was the Dick best- Grayson? Was Dick Grayson was a cop, right? Because he's the one who becomes Batman. Dick Grayson becomes Batman after this. No, Dick Grayson was a in the comic books, as I recall. The he's person. a Robin who's a he's a he's a former Robin who becomes Nightwing, and then when Batman gets his back broken or whatever, he becomes Batman, and then Damian Wayne becomes Robin, his son. But there's no son in this one. Yeah, I don't know if they'll introduce all the... I mean, I kind of went through and, and all right, looked well that, up a, What do you think of that prediction? Does that make I sense? I like it. You know, no, I think that, that makes sense. sense. Why, why all of a sudden would there be a... You know, this Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he was in um, 500 Days of Summer. He's been he in a third bunch... Rock? Was he the kid from Third Rock? Yeah, he was originally that kid. Anyway, at this point, he's a pretty high-profile actor. Why would you just insert him into the third leg of this movie, of this trilogy, as you're winding it down, unless he was going to have a pretty significant role, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, play a role in the plot of the of the arc of the three stories. All right, so I think that's it. Let's wrap it up. But I do on our next podcast. I want to talk about best threequels. I understand. I'm not saying what's the best trilogy. I'm saying, what is the best third installment of a trilogy? Got it. Or movies that go on, you know. And I think we have to allow for James Bond movies. I don't know what the third James Bond picture is. Goldfinger. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's going to be tough to beat. Because Empire, well, listen, we'll have that conversation in the next one. Look forward to that. The other thing we have to do. Did you know Good, the Bad, and the Ugly was a third? I don't think that those were proper... Those were those. That's a, a a trilogy, though. Those were the hmm. the spaghetti westerns. Uh, okay, yeah. I think right. they, that was maybe the third one. What's his name? Sergio Leone, mm-hmm. the guy who made those pictures in Italy. Um, but I don't think they're connected beyond that. I don't. I could be wrong about that. Listen, the other thing that we started last week and we've already dropped the ball on is best jersey for fans to own of certain NFL, of, of all the 32 teams. We started with the Dolphins last week, and um, we I decide, I said at least, that um, the best you could do is Jake Scott because it's number 13, but it, it is not Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. Jake Scott was the predecessor in 13, Super Bowl seven MVP, the DB who had a couple interceptions. I thought that would be the best. People voted. The Czech Republic weighed in. Dan Marino, runaway champion there, 65% mm-hmm. of the vote. Not surprising, it, but but remember, we're not talking about who's the best player. Larry Zonka, oh, he came in second. These aren't best player. This is what's the coolest cool jersey. jersey to own if you are a longtime fan of a team. So I wanted to do the Jets here in honor of San Antonio, maybe the Redskins. We'll do that next uh, next time because okay. you did where you're you're tracking down RG three to talk to. Mm-hmm. AJ Hawk. So we got a lot right. of stuff coming up here this week. But let's wrap it up here. Number 77, we honor the player who wore the episode number best. This is episode 77. Paul Coffey comes to mind, the great uh, defenseman once he was traded from Edmonton Ray Bork. to Pittsburgh. Raymond Bork, midway through his career, um, right. seeded number seven to Phil Esposito on one of the coolest deeds you'll ever see. He wore Phil Esposito wore number seven. And then Raymond Bork took it, and they decided to put it up in the rafters, the number seven. And on the ice, he takes off the number seven sweater, gives it to Phil Esposito. Underneath is the 77. Mm. That's pretty cool. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. That's pretty cool. You could look it up on YouTube. It's pretty cool, actually. Imagine you're on the ice. Oh, the guy who took the number from me rips off the number seven, gives it to you, and says, I'm I'm done wearing it from this point forward. That would be fantastic. Who else wore 77? There have to be some good ones. Gary Jeter. Uh, Lyle Alzado. Alzado, the late Alzado, Broncos, Raiders, mm-hmm. um, Browns. Yeah, he was a he was a good one. 
Hmm. So far, I, think, I feel Raymond Bork is the I right think answer. Red Grange wore number seventy-seven, but the the old-time NFL players kind of bounced around with different numbers. Like Otto Graham wore number sixty, but ended up with number fourteen. And I don't. I and seventy-seven we mentioned on the last one. I think that's Manute Bull. Yes, Manute Bull. Sean Bradley was seventy-six. He was seventy-six, and we didn't mention him. Um, Seventy-seven. I, I feel like we're gonna. I'm gonna kick myself. It seems like a number that. Why don't more guys wear seventy-seven? The double digits nah, is pretty cool. cool. Yeah. That'd be nice if you're a defensive lineman. Go seventy-seven. Black tie. We forgetting anybody off the top of your head? No, of course he not. doesn't know. Shrugs. He's a, yeah. Excuse me. You interrupted me. I'm, I'm trying to to like um, somebody's game of uh, Angry Birds on Facebook or whatever <laughs> he does while we're doing the podcast. He's watching. Bring it on right now. What's your uh, What's your vote? Their rank. Uh, I'm going to say Lyle Alzado. Alzado. Yeah. I'm going to have to reject that one. Okay. You can choose between Raymond Bork. I don't want Red Grange. Minute Bull. <laughs> uh, Ray Bork. All right. Do you want to do Alzado? Can we put him in the orange jersey at least? Can we put him in the old Broncos jersey? Uh, I'm yeah. going to give that gift to you. All right. That's my gift to rank. See? He gave me pumpernickel pretzels. I give him Lyle Alzado as the best number 77. Done and done, as is this podcast. Thanks to the great Santonio Holmes. He was a delight. Handsome Hank who stepped out. Black tie. And, of course, Adam Rank. Track him down at Adam Rank. Track me down at Damashek. We'll be back for a second podcast later in the week. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Do you have a digital mindset? Check out Season 3 of This is Digital. Season 3 of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including driving profitable growth in enterprise software and how the new sports fan experience can drive revenue. Featuring guests like Chris D'Agostino of Databricks and Scott Crable of Tama Bravo. Check out the latest and greatest on Season 3 of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com.